Hi, love, and welcome to Listening to Your Gut. My name is Kelly Bluth, and I am a certified holistic nutritionist with a passion and purpose in this life to educate and serve others like you. As a woman with two autoimmune conditions, I have found the power in embracing a holistic lifestyle to support my overall well-being. In each episode, I will share inspiration, tips, or research-proven strategies that will help you to listen to your gut literally and figuratively. Together, we will work to honor our mind, body, and soul through holistic wellness. I am so pumped we are on this journey together. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Listening to Your Gut podcast. Woo, another solo episode coming at you. Now, full transparency, I am doing, I thought about pushing out an interview this week, but next week I will be coming back from an incredible weekend with some epic women that I have been blessed to meet. And so I decided I'm going to give you another solo episode. Plus, it's also timely. I'll share why here in a little bit. And then next week will be an interview episode. So stay tuned for that. You know, those are always good. Um, But this one is just equally as good because, like I said, it is going to be something that I, well, it's timely in that I just recently went to the doctor this past week, went to the gastroenterologist, and, you know, if you know me, I am a holistic, certified holistic nutritionist, right? So I have a fond place clearly in my heart for the holistic side of things. However, that doesn't mean that I'm totally against the conventional side, even though, (laughs) even though, so just as a disclaimer, I have been um, gaslit many, many times. I have been um, not heard many, many times, and you know I, I still give conventional medicine a chance because there are really great conventional medicine doctors out there. I'm not you know dogging or digging in at any um, of the conventional medicine you know doctors because you know everybody everybody's different, right? Um, it just so happens that I unfortunately have come across a lot of. Um, individuals who are not willing to listen and who are only looking at symptoms and not looking for a root cause. And so anyways, I did go to the gastroenterologist and just because I wanted to, you know, get almost kind of a second opinion, but just wanted to see really more so what their thoughts were on my current situation. So I went there, you know, she looked over, this was a new gastroenterologist, mind you, because the last one I just felt completely, um, completely unheard by. And so this was actually a woman, last time it was a male. Um, So this was a female gastroenterologist and um, still felt like she uh, wasn't totally hearing me out, but at the same time, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole of, you know, why I felt like that. Um, just know that there were, there's reasonable cause for me to feel that way. Um, and I don't have to explain anyways, but I digress. Um, she looked at all my, you know, all my lab work, all of the tests that I've done in the past two years. You know, I've had an endoscopy, I've had a colonoscopy. Um, I've d- done in the past six or seven years, I've done a gastric emptying study, Um, I mean, just so many things, right? So, uh, she was like, you know, yeah, you've got, you've had all the workup and, you know, you're still feeling like things are just not completely right. And so 
she decided um, to give me a breath test, um, give me a kit for a breath test, which if you hear me say that and you're like, oh my gosh, were you drunk? No, we're not talking about that type of a breath test. It is, so there are many breath tests, but most commonly people who um, they suspect, or if you suspect that you have SIBO, uh, you'll most likely get a breath test. Now, I have had SIBO. I don't know if it's back or not. Um, could be, but um, the reason she gave me this kit for a breath test was actually for another reason. So yes, you can test for SIBO and you can test for CFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, and both of which you're going to be looking for higher levels of hydrogen and methane gases. These are going to be indicators that there is some sort of overgrowth happening uh, in the small intestine. Then there's also a third third reason to breath test, and that is for sucrose intolerance. So, sorry, I'm just tripping over all my words today. It's for a sucrose intolerance. So that's where we're going to start and um, and end today is really talking about what is sucrose? Could this be causing some gut issues for you? Because it is for me. And I want to share that with you. And I want to share with you really today, what is sucrose? Okay, how is CSID, um, which is a disorder, how is that, you know, related to uh, sucrose intolerance? We'll get into that. We'll talk about symptoms of sucrose intolerance, the prevalence, causes of it, the diagnosis and treatment. So we'll really get into all the aspects today. Um, but what I want to first and foremost do is tell you what sucrose is. So sucrose is a naturally occurring sugar that's found in plants, fruits, vegetables, nuts. Um, and it's quite simply, it's the chemical name of sugar. Okay. So why is that important? Well, there's a specific digestive enzyme called sucrase. So sucrose is sugar. Sucrase is a digestive enzyme that supports the process of breaking down sucrose into fructose and glucose. And you're probably just like, what are all these oses? <laughs> but fructose and glucose both work together and they can, obviously, if you didn't realize, they can impact blood sugar levels, okay? So, you know, depending on whether your blood sugar levels are in check or not, they can make you feel hangry. Um, they can make you feel real tired. They can make you feel kind of all over the board if your blood sugar is not in check, right? If you're in an ideal state, then your blood sugar will be at a level in which you don't feel any of those things. That's where we want to be on a daily basis. Um, so the thing is, is that those who have an issue with sucrose intolerance are not potentially making enough sucrase, this digestive enzyme that helps to process the sugar. Okay. So this can, um, this can be for many reasons, right? It could be because maybe you have some gut issues, right? It could be that you have, um, the, you could, you could have a disorder, which is called congenital sucrase isomaltase deficiency. That's a mouthful. That's why we just call it CSID disorder. Um, and this can affect a person's ability to, to digest certain sugars, specifically sucrase and maltose. 
Um, and it just means that you cannot break down these sugars very well, um, which means that things like carbohydrates, you know, fruits and some vegetables are going to be difficult for you to process. Um, as well as, you know, other things, grains, um, such as cereal, you know, breads, um, oatmeal, things of those, that nature could be really hard for you to process and digest. Um, so what are the symptoms of this, right? Well, great question. Some of the symptoms of someone who is dealing with a sucrose intolerance could be having stomach cramps, bloating, gas, diarrhea, just in general, some abdominal discomfort and just um, abnormalities of, of digestion, of the digestive processes. Um, so there's actually some statistics out there that tell us that it's about 1 in 500 to 1 in 2,000 people of usually European descent that um, experience this type of condition. It can be something that you are um, predisposed to genetic-wise, so I'm going to dive into that right now. Um, there is a genetic mutation um, of the sucrase isomaltase, so the SI gene, uh, where the enzyme is not producing enough to support digestion. And so that means that sugars and starches are just a, really a problem for these individuals. Um, so the enzyme's job then is to break down the sucrose and the maltose to be more easily absorbed by the intestine. Because remember earlier I said that the two main sugars that it's hard, that is, um, that are affected by um, this type of intolerance are sucrose and maltose. So the enzyme's job is to break those down so they can be more easily absorbed by the small intestine, uh, which by the way is where these enzymes are supposed to be created. But if there is some sort of, um, you know, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth like SIBO, if you are dealing with issues of like celiac disease, so you're making some dietary changes, uh, maybe you just have some IBS issues, um, any of these, you know, gut motility issues, dietary changes that you have to make, they could all be impacting um, your ability to process sugar. And so, yes, there is this genetic mutation that some people do have, um, and it could cause them to have to make some, you know, serious changes to their normal eating patterns if this gene is present. Uh, but for a large majority of people, it's, you know, typically related to some sort of gut motility issue or, like I said, dietary changes. Like maybe you had to um, cut out gluten because you found out that you have celiac disease. So, I mean, kind of the good news is that if you're in that other camp of it not being a genetic mutation that you are therefore left with um, to deal with, then it's oftentimes it's something that we can you know, fix, correct. Um, so that's where I feel I'm at. Uh, we haven't done any genetic um, testing yet, but I will be advocating for that if I go through this process, which I'm, I'm going to share with you today. Um, and if that process does not help support um, me in a positive light, in a positive way, then I will probably pursue the genetic testing just to see if that is something that I'm that I'm dealing with that, um, you know, would then warrant lifelong changes for me, um, for the, for the future. So 
Um, yeah, so let's get into then diagnosis, right? So how could, how do you diagnose something like this? Well, like I said, I went to the doctor, went to the gastroenterologist. So um, you would definitely want to talk to either your primary care physician um, or if you have a really good relationship with a gastroenterologist, um, you can, you know, start sharing your symptoms with them, maybe even, you know, suggest to them um, that you are interested in seeing if, you know, you have a sucrose intolerance based on your symptoms, based on if you feel like what I'm sharing with you might be something that you're experiencing too. Um, and so there's several ways that, that you can go about um, looking to see if this is something you're dealing with. So one, you could do an endoscopy, right? Um, so they're going to take tissue, um, they're going to sample tissue from your small intestine to see if you are having um, this type of an issue. That is, you know, more invasive, right? They have to sedate you, um, so that's that's not ideal. Um, I did an endoscopy uh, quite some time ago, and they were not specifically looking for this, um, but and so therefore did not find this. But um, you know, that could be your intent for them to go in and, and look for this. Um, so you could do that. You could do um, the sucrose breath test, which is what I just actually I did it today. I did it this morning, um, and so I can share with you what that is like. It is an hour and a half test where you have to take. Um, some solution, it's uh, sucrose <laughs> um, sugar, and you put it in a cup of eight ounces of water, you mix it until it dissolves, and then you drink that, and then every 30 minutes you um, blow into a tube, so you do a breath test into three tubes. You start the first one you do before you've drink, you've had the drink. Um, and then the three consecutive ones you do every 30 minutes, um, you blow it into the, the test tube and then you send those off to the lab to, um, get the results. But, um, that is a way to look and see if you have a sucrose, um, intolerance. Um, and then the other thing you could do is of course the genetic testing for the CSID gene. So that's something that I may potentially look into in the future if I feel I need to. Um, but yeah, those are some of the ways that you can diagnose. Obviously, the the easiest of the three would be the sucrose breath test, then followed by, you know, genetic testing, doing a blood draw. And then, you know, obviously most invasive would be the endoscopy because you do have to be sedated for that. Okay, I wanted to take a break for a moment to rave about a brand I am currently obsessed with. Funkit Wellness is an amazing company founded by Kate Morton, who is a registered dietitian and an amazing human being. Funkit is known for their seed cycling kits that support a woman's monthly cycle through the incorporation of seeds. You can easily add the ground seeds to your breakfast bowls, smoothies, guacamole, or any other meal you desire for added flavor and cycle support. Seed cycling helps decrease PMS symptoms, support a regular cycle, and even has been linked to increasing fertility. I love adding my seeds to a breakfast taco or some homemade guac. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> Funkit also has a great maca powder too that is supportive in naturally improving your mood and providing you with more energy. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? I love adding my maca powder to a warm mug of almond milk and adding a splash of organic unfiltered honey in the morning to get my day started off on the right note. I highly recommend maca powder. You won't regret it. And because I appreciate my listeners so much, I am sharing with you a code that will save you on these amazing products. 
If you use code KELLY20 at checkout, you will save 20% on your order. After listening to this episode, go check out Bunkett's amazing website. As always, the info will be in the show notes for you. All right, now let's get back to this incredible episode. So that being said, what does the treatment look like, right? So for me, and this is something that I really had to just, you know, sit with for a while and realize, okay, I need to do this. Um, And sometimes natural ways don't always cut it, right? Sometimes things are just so bad in there that you have to rely on some conventional methods. Um, And so I'm about to tell you that I am about to be taking an antibiotic. So I'm going to be taking an antibiotic for two weeks to help hopefully support and remove the bad bacteria buildup that I have in my small intestine, um, which then will hopefully alleviate um, this issue of the sucrose um, that I'm currently having. having. Um, So what does that mean? What does that look like? I'm going to be doing, like I said, the antibiotic for two weeks. Antibiotics, if you don't know, they kill both good and bad bacteria. So I will also be taking a probiotic at the same time. Now, the probiotic will partially be killed off. Some of the the strands, right, um, of the probiotic will be killed off in the process because obviously that's what antibiotics do. They kill good and bad bacteria. But what isn't killed off will still be supporting the buildup and um and the rebuilding process of my intestinal wall, which is exactly what I want to be doing um, to help build my build up my immunity in my small intestine um, and just for it to be overall more healthy. So um, yeah, so I'll be doing that. Uh, I'll be taking the probiotic for about six to eight weeks. So even after I'm done with the two weeks of the antibiotic, I'll be taking the probiotic for another, at that point, you know, four to six weeks. But all in all, the probiotic will start when I start the antibiotic. Um, and then I will be eating a low FODMAP, you know, anti-inflammatory diet. Um, so that just means I'm going to be eating low fermentable foods and low sugar foods um, for four to five weeks. And I'll, of course, be tracking my symptoms. Um, and then when I reintroduce, start to reintroduce some um, potentially more fermentable, um, and some higher sugar foods, then I will be introducing those foods one, um, at a time every two to three days to monitor and see what my body's reaction is. Um, and then really, you know, monitoring for another month out from there to see, you know, do I notice any beneficial changes? Are things still, you know, not where, where they need to be? Is there still some sort of other underlying issue, um, or root cause. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where I'm headed with this. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier in terms of treatment, some people will have to be on a sucrose free or, you know, super low sucrose diet for the rest of their life. Um, you know, if that is the, uh, the person who is dealing with the genetic mutation, um, issue, Um, and so I do, regardless of whether, you know, you end up finding out you do have this genetic mutation or not, maybe you're in this potential camp that I might be in, which is just, you know, maybe it's due to gut motility issues, um, or dietary changes. 
I think it's important either way to mention to you, uh, you know, what kinds of healthy whole foods actually do contain higher levels of sucrose. Um, so, you know, we typically think, oh, sugar is just going to be in the processed packaged foods, right? But no, that's not actually, I mean, yes, they are in those things, but it's not actually the only way that we get sucrose. We do get natural sugars from good whole foods, healthy foods. So, you know, things like uh, apples, pineapple, cantaloupe, oranges, carrots, corn, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, winter squash, and onions. These are just some of the many that are higher in sucrose levels um, that have higher amounts of sugar in them, natural sugars, of course, but these can be triggering to someone with a sucrose intolerance. Um, also, what I think should be mentioned is that things that are foods that are higher in starches, so yes, of course, potatoes, but cereal, pastas, um, and bread, those are all um, things that we want to, you know, try and reduce and or eliminate during that four to five week period of really um, honing in on this elimination diet because those things can once again be triggering to the gut, um, especially when it's in a state of imbalance. So um, yeah, that is, that's really in a nutshell, um, this issue that I've been dealing with, you know, I'm having all the symptoms I shared earlier, you know, bloating, gas, diarrhea, uh, with bouts of constipation from time to time too. Um, and just, you know, overall abdominal discomfort. Um, so I, I'm really looking forward to this next, um, part of my own healing journey because I felt for quite some time that there might've been this type of an issue. Um, for myself. And so when I went in to see the gastroenterologist and, you know, she suggested doing this test um, to see if I potentially do have the sucrose intolerance, it was kind of validating to me because I had, like I said all along, kind of suspected that there might be something related to this um, that I was dealing with. So yeah, all that to say that, you know, healing is a journey, right? There's always something new that we can be learning. Um, and if you feel like maybe, you know, you possibly are also dealing with this issue as well, reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you about it. Um, I would love to, you know, share more in depth with you on this topic. Um, and if you would like me to support you in your health and wellness journey, you know, I am always here, always available to do that. I will actually be taking three brand new clients in November, starting on November 5th. So if you are ready to start healing your body from the inside out, starting with your gut, cause that is where it all begins, start to feel better, have more mental clarity, just have the life that you've always wanted to have and be free of symptoms that are holding you back from having that life that you desire, then reach out to me because like I said, it would be my absolute honor as a certified holistic nutritionist and soon to be here in the next year, a board certified holistic nutritionist. Um, it would be my absolute honor to support you through your journey and just to get you back to feeling optimal. That is always the goal. So with that being said, I hope you have an incredible, amazing week, and we will chat soon. All right, my friend, before I let you go, I just want to thank you so much for being a loyal listener and tuning in. And if this is your first time, then thank you so much for tuning in. And I want to just ask you, if you could, out of the kindness of your heart, 
go ahead and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to me. In doing so, this is going to allow my podcast to be pushed out to more listeners like you who want to and need to hear this information. It is my absolute dream, my goal to impact so, so many more women in the future and you will make this dream a reality, this goal possible for me if you just take the next 30 seconds to go leave me a rating and review. I would be so incredibly grateful and your kind words, your support of the podcast would mean the absolute world to me and to all of the future listeners who get to read your your review. So I thank you so much in advance for supporting this podcast in this additional way. I appreciate you and I'm sending all my love to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with a friend. It is my mission to support as many women as possible, and together, we can make that a reality. I am honored to be on this journey together. Until next time, I love you, I'm always here for you, and I'll talk to you soon.